Wait for it. There we go. I forgot about that pause there. Well, Andy Taylor gets started today. I like it. I like it. Well, welcome nice. to Sports and Songs Podcast. We're in season three, episode number two. We're your hosts, Dan and Andy. Andy, how you doing? I'm good. Feel well, a little it's, tired it's, from, uh, football. It's November 21st, 2021. The football high school season is wrapping up. We've got music, concerts, sports, volleyball, basketball, high school, all sorts of goodies here this time of year. Thanksgiving's coming up on Thursday, and this time of the year, it really runs rampant with all this sports in a good way. Good stuff. Yeah. Some sports ending, some starting. We'll get going with that. But before... You have a trivia question, sir? Yes, I do. Now, speaking of sports and uh, volleyball season ending, uh, my trivia question today is high school prep sports related. The, uh, the school, I should say, the school of Wyzetta just reached a landmark for the number of state tournament titles they have gathered in their school's history. Now, this includes football, basketball, baseball, Nordic uh, skiing, bowling, uh, this is everything, okay. badminton, the whole works. How many state titles do they have? This is a landmark now. They reached a landmark when their volleyball team won. Uh, we'll be answering the question later in the episode, but, okay. but uh, keep that in mind. There's, there's a lot of them there. They've got a big school. There's lots of events there that they've got over the years. But, boy, when I first heard this number, I was – I was quite impressed, but we'll answer that later in the show. All right. We'll start with a little uh, high school sports here to uh, get going. Look at here. That. Present. There we go. There it is. That's pretty. Okay. Starting off here. High school football, like we said. We were at one of the games yesterday, the New York Mills Mayor Lutheran game. Uh, there'll be a little pictures that we have taken. We'll put that up on uh, Facebook for Monday. Intern Kevin is still working on that. But here we go. Set for the finals. A will be Leroy Oyster against Fertile Beltrami. I'm kind of going, I kind of like the Fertile Beltrami team here. Um, and then in class A, it's Miniota against Mayor Lutheran. Uh, Miniota was ranked second in that. Uh, class A coming in. Uh, Mayor Lutheran beat the number one team in the first round. So, because they don't see them again like in football, they just kind of throw you in there. It's section versus section like it used to be back in the day. Um, so, should be a good matchup there in A. Double A, Chatfield against West Central Area Ashby. Triple A, uh, PEM, you'll see it listed a lot, but it's Plainville, Elysian, Millville against Dassel Cocado. That should be a good one too. 4A, Cassin Monville against Hutchinson, or Hutchins, we call him out here. Montemedi and Mankato West, 5A. Then the big schools, Maple Grove against Lakeville South. I think the best thing about that game is Ian Prairie is not in it. Yeah, they got, you know, they got beat 35 to 3. Uh, St. Yeah. Michael Albertville also got beat. This should be a good matchup here. Yeah, both these teams crushed coming in, so should be a fun one. Now here's your your TV schedule. These will all be on uh, locally at 45 TV. Um, 
check your local, local cable guide for what channel that is. And also 45 Prep Sports will have it streaming uh, Friday the 26th. They broke this up into two days now a few years ago, so it's just going to be a long, long day. We're going to start with 1A Miniota and Mayor Lutheran at 10 a.m. starting on Friday. And you got 2A, 4A, 6A. So the big school is playing Friday night at 7 p.m. And Saturday, they got the 9-man, the 3A, and the 5A. Um, I've noticed they usually have the six, the you know, four games on Friday, three Saturday, and the six A is usually on Friday night all the time. So I don't know if that's just a TV thing. I don't know, but there's your schedule starting at 10 a.m. both days. And of course, the other times after that are uh, subject to change, of course. So this should be, this should be good. We're down to the final 14 teams in the state and yep. seven, seven titles though will be given away crowned this weekend. And Nightmare is always fun to watch, too. That's always fun to watch. I like that. Go for football. Speaking of football, nice of them to finally show up again yesterday against Indiana. Then they wrap up the season against Wisconsin. And as of the Gopher site right now for TV, they don't know if it's going to be ABC or ESPN or Fox who's carrying the game. Not really sure what time because these last games, playoff standings, it's 2.30 or 3 o'clock, what channels it's going to be on. They should know more, I'm assuming, by Tuesday for uh, TV schedules. But Gophers are out of any big bowl, any Big Ten title reign. Um, they'll probably be playing in the Music City Bowl again or something like that. But that's the Gophers for you. Gopher basketball has started also. The men uh, took the actual championship there, a couple wins. Kind of took two overtimes to beat Princeton on Sunday. And then they go on, they play uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne, and then Jacksonville coming up. So that should be kind of some good games. Well, they, I mean, they beat Purdue-Fort Wayne on Friday. That Jacksonville coming up on Wednesday. Goes off to a 4-0 start for the boys under new coach. So that's kind of neat, too. The gals for basketball um, lost the first round against UConn in the Battle for Atlantis. Rebounded today with a win against Syracuse. They'll play Monday against To Be Determined. To be determined is a pretty tough team. You have to watch out for them. You never know what to expect. But, yeah, the tournament format down there, it's kind of a double elimination, kind of going different brackets. So trying to show the bracket explained would just be kind of confusing for a preseason, midseason tournament anyway. You know, this was uh, – that Bahamas uh, tournament is the first ever. It's the first annual battle yep. for Atlantis. So they want to get this also into uh, some kind of recurring event with some big teams coming in. Yeah, it's a pretty good tournament. Yep, and it's good experience for the girls too. Yeah, they played UConn, lost by thirty, but Syracuse they won by seven. There's good teams; they don't just have dogs go down there. So you're invited for good matchups, and that's what they got. Go for hockey. Uh, The boys split with Penn State over the weekend, and now they got uh, the Sioux. They'll be up there next weekend. Eight and six on the year right now for the Gophers. Uh, Big Ten standings, the Gophers are in second place. They're in the Big Ten for hockey. Like I said, seven teams only in the Big Ten, unlike the what, 14 we got for football and every other sport. And we got seven Big Ten teams, but one of them is Notre Dame. Like I said before, Notre Dame plays hockey in the Big Ten, independent for football, and I believe in the Big East for basketball. They've been bouncing around. If they went to a conference, they'd go Big East for everything, I think. The gals for hockey, celebrating 25 years. I uh, took care of St. Cloud State last weekend. They got, uh, they got a Smashville Showcase tournament coming up. 
in Nashville, Tennessee. So they got some nice little fun tournament there over the Thanksgiving holiday. And uh, as you see, the Gophers are third in women's hockey right now. Top five has kind of been consistent for a while there. Volleyball, like we said, the gals' volleyballs were very fun to watch. Although their game on the 18th was canceled um, due to non-COVID-related illness at Rutgers University Volleyball Program. Uh, this was back on the 18th, tomorrow's match meeting the 19th here in Minnesota. Between Rutgers and Minnesota had been canceled. The decision was based on guidance from Rutgers University's medical staff and student-athletes available to participate. The match will go down as a forfeit for Rutgers. Minnesota will be credited with a Big Ten win, which is kind of important in the standings coming up. See, the Gophers lost at number five, Wisconsin, today. They had number 15, Penn State, and then Maryland coming up at the end of the year. They lost at the time Purdue was number nine last week before the tournament's coming up. So the gals are 18 and eight right now with two days or two games to go. And they are ninth, now this is as of the 15th, ninth in the nation. They lost to Wisconsin, who's a higher ranked team. So I don't know how much that's going to hurt them. They have their win. Yeah, it's a forfeit win, but it's a win. I think they'd probably stay in the top 10, if not 11 at the worst. But still, nice showing for the Gophers there. Bison football crushed the end of the season against number 16, South Dakota. Um, and the Bison are ranked fourth in the last poll on the 15th, going into the last weekend. See up from six to four. Well, those top three teams, Sam Houston, James Madison, and Montana State. Montana State even had a number one vote. Well, that's gone because they lost to Montana 29 to 10 over the weekend. So, as you see, James Madison crushed Townsend, and Sam Houston was over a line Christian. So, Bison should move up to three, no problem there as they get ready for their playoffs. Bison basketball, two and two right now. Some nice wins to start there, but then you see they went to Vegas. The running Rebels lost by two and went down. Down the road a bit to Arizona and lost by a lot more than two. Um, we won't get into that. And then they have some upcoming games here back home. Up in Fargo against Tarleton. And then Idaho will be in town. Idaho. The gals uh, did well against Milwaukee. Then they lost at Green Bay. Then they uh, kind of lost a couple more here. Close games, though. 63 to 76 is a close game, if you ask me, for basketball. And then they got Dickinson State back home, and then they go to Kansas State to Manhattan, Kansas, coming up. So the gals are 1-3 right now. Hopefully they could rebound and get, get things going. Bison wrestling. Alex said they got three championships at their own open. 43-3 uh, to start against California Baptist. That wasn't very nice of them to do that. Then number three, Missouri came to town for a Big 12 matchup because the Bison wrestle in Big 12 big boy wrestling. There is no Division Two, Division Three for wrestling. If you're in wrestling, you're in. Uh, they're in the Big 12, and they uh, Missouri got them back for what they did to California Baptist, I guess, there. Uh, but then they got next Saturday the 4th, or two weeks from now, at Augustana. They'll be back at it. Beaver football. Like I said, Beavs made the playoffs for the first time ever, and they won against number five, Augustana. 28-24, uh, come from behind in the fourth. They'll get, go against the Colorado Mines on the 27th, and there's the brackets for that. Uh, you see the, the Beavs were actually ranked fifth. If, if they finished the rankings, they were fifth. 
Um, so they won 28-24. They go against Colorado on the twenty on the seventeenth at two. And uh, they see the brackets on there. Nebraska Kearney upset Western Colorado, and Minnesota Duluth losing to Angelo State. So Nebraska Kearney coming off an upset. I like to see them win. I like to see Bemidji, who's yeah, they're fifth, but they're not one of the. They show that just the top four rankings. So I kind of like the upsets. I want to see Bemidji State and Nebraska Kearney. That'd be kind of cool in the next round. Beaver hockey. There's Bucky Beaver right there. Uh, split with Michigan Tech. And now just follow along here with me for a little bit. This is the fun of college sports and some sports growing. Thanksgiving weekend, the boys of Bemidji get to spend it at Arizona State over Thanksgiving weekend playing hockey. The gals for hockey will be in Linwood, Missouri over Thanksgiving weekend after they uh, lost two in a row to Duluth. Duluth ranks pretty good there. Gals are 2-8 and eight on the year, so maybe a trip to Missouri to play another school will be a nice little break for them. So they'll be out of town for the holiday. Beaver soccer, the gals are ranked 2. For Division two. they kind of break you down into four chunks nationally. And the Central, they're ranked a second coming in. They won both of their first round games in the NCAA Division II soccer tournament. A 0-0 shootout win on Friday and a 1-0 win today. So they go on to be to face Central Missouri on Friday before they advance on. And here's the brackets for that right now. Central Missouri is the number one seed down in their bracket. Bemidji State was a three seed coming into that. So should be a good matchup. Should be good. Uh, see Central Missouri got there by beating Minnesota State or Mankato to the locals here. Beaver basketball. Now, again, let's let's watch what we're saying here. Boys are off to a 3-0 start. Uh, they got Minnesota Crookston coming up. And then they go to St. Petersburg, Florida for a tournament over Thanksgiving. So, again, these boys go to Florida for Thanksgiving. That'd be nice. The gals, 3-0. And they're going to Lakeland, Florida for Thanksgiving for a tournament down there. So both teams are in Florida. Just so you know, they're going to be just a few hundred miles apart right there. There's a little map for us. Where St. Petersburg, Lakewood, Florida are. So that's where the Beavs will be spending Thanksgiving for the basketball teams. Must must be nice. <laughs> the Kraken. Our favorite hockey team that's not named the Wild, the Kraken. This is on their uh, Instagram site over the week. At the time, they had a record of 4-12-1. They're off to the worst start of an inaugural season since the Ottawa Senators were 1-15-1 back in 92. I think this is coming up because, like I said, a couple years ago when Vegas started, they made the Stanley Cup. So, oh, hockey's an easy sport. We'll just throw a team in here. No, no, it's not. Vegas was just – I don't want to say it was lightning in a bottle. I don't want to take away from what they did. But that's just how competitive it is. So they're four, twelve, and one. Life goes on. They're not always going to be this bad. They're not going to, you know, give them time to get going. Sorry, Ven- or the Vegas Knights set the bar so high, but you're an expansion team. This is what happens. And their cat, their schedule going on right now. Uh, the playing today right now against the Capitals at the time it was zero zero. Then they'll play until Wednesday. Then they're uh, on the East Coast for a while. 
They have a little Florida trip over the weekend and go up to Buffalo. And our favorite hockey team, that named the Kraken, the Minnesota Wild. Uh, lost today to Tampa. Then they'll go up to Jersey. And they'll be home uh, right after Thanksgiving. Winnipeg. Revenge against Tampa, hopefully. And then Arizona, who's not doing very well this year. So hopefully we can get some, some W's there. Not that the Wild need them, though they're 17 games in. They're 11-6. and six. 22 points leading the Central. So good news for the local boys there. All right. We're going to talk about it. Been in denial, but we're talking about it. <sighs> Angels agreed to terms for a one-year deal with Noah Syndergaard. Just over $20 million. Syndergaard's gone to the Angels. Flags were half staff here at the Shadow Studios for a couple of days. But we're, we're better now. As you can see, Noah's moved on on his Twitter page. He's got the Riley Monkey on there. So he's moved on. We have to move on. There's his phone number, too, if you want to text him. He puts that on his Twitter page. Nice. And uh, he also put a thing up that he wants to help Trout get a ring. Yeah. We'll see how that works out. Some other roster moves for the Mets. Uh, Nunez was returned to the Mets and added the AAA Syracuse. Uh, he was selected by the Giants in a Rule 5 draft, but went on, underwent Tommy John back in March. Missed the season, so the Mets got him back and moved him to AAA. Also, other Mets news. They got a GM. Now, here's the funny part. This guy used to be the GM for the Angels. So they kind of traded Syndergaard for him in a way. Um, so Bill Epler, Epler is there. Uh, he's always had just front office jobs, so this should be kind of exciting to see what he does. Uh, he's 46. A relatively new talent agency was looking to make inroads in the baseball market, but unlike former Mets GM Brody, Epler was a lifetime agent shifting, was not lifetime agent shifting. So he hasn't been going for agent agent. He's just kind of stayed there. Spent most of his years in front office, but the Angels, uh, GM from the 15 to 20. And he's got a little Yankee experience from before that, from 2004 to 2015. So he's been just a front office guy. He knows how the game's played, so he shouldn't get uh, confused or snowed by some people. Other Major League Baseball news. <laughs> this is what you get for messing around. <laughs> Cleveland Indians changed their name. So they put their new sign up that says Guardians above their new store. Oh, yay. It wasn't even up yet, and the sign fell and crashed. Take that for what you wish. Uh, MLB Commissioner Rob Manford. Yes, of course I found a picture of him with the Mets logo in the background. What do you think I'm going to find? With two weeks remaining until the uh, expiration of the collective bargaining agreement. Manford has made it clear he has one goal between now and December 1st. We remain committed. Number one priority is to make an agreement prior to December 1st, Manford told reporters Thursday. Um, we understand, I understand that time is becoming an issue. It's a challenge. He de- he goes on, and you can read what he's got there. He's not really getting into what the sticking points are now, which is good because when these negotiations are going on, he could say, oh, our issue is this. 
and someone's going to twist the way he says it that for issues. So he's just going, we're working on it. So I kind of respect the way he's kind of going about it. Um, a lockout would not automatically impact the 2022 season as the two sides would have time to come up with an agreement prior to spring training. He pointed out in the 94, 95, the last time the sport experienced a work stoppage noting, I don't think 94 worked out too great for anybody. And it did, they hurt us all and took a while to bounce back. Uh, I think if you look at other sports, the pattern has become to control the timing of the labor dispute and try to minimize the prospect of actual disruption of a season. That's what it's about. It's avoiding doing damage to the season. So I like what he's doing here. Not saying either side is going to cave just so we don't have issue to the season. But and then just they're not sticking their heels and they're just kind of being stubborn on both sides. I don't know what the topics are, but they're waiting to the last minute just to kind of make sure you can get more out of them. That's part of negotiations. Spring training schedules are out. There's the Mets schedule. Now, uh, one other thing I want to note in June, the Mets will be out on the West Coast playing the Angels, June 10th, 11th, and 12th. So we'll see if Syndergaard pitches in one of those games, how that works, how that goes. The Mets have a day off before and after, so hopefully um, it's well, it's California, so it's not like they need those makeup days. It's just their days off, so they're kind of nice. But we'll see if Syndergaard pitches in one of those games. Twin spring training schedule is out as well. And there it is for them, the local boys, for if you go down there. They, they actually start the season the 25th against the Gophers for an inter-squad game, or, or uh, interstate game, what they always do. So uh, all spring training starts the 26th for everyone. And the Twins in September, the 23rd, 24th, and 25th, do host the Angels here. Don't know if Syndergaard's going to be pitching there. And no, I will not be going because I like living. Wrestling news, pro wrestling news, there's been a lot of stuff going on on that. Uh, just a little spoiler alert, WWE did release a lot of guys last week. Uh, that would be page two stuff coming up in midweek. So I will not talk about it here. You'll have to wait till then. Other stuff. Rick Flair, who started up his podcast, The Young Woo Nation, um, he had that years ago with Conrad Thompson. He started up again. But uh, speaking of legacies, Flair says on Twitter, WWE has decided to erase mine. It's all good, however. The two belts are my legacy. So they have two belts of his that, for some reason, when he left, WWE still had. He wants them back. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Flora, now that he's got a podcast again, he'll, he spills his guts on everybody, and he doesn't care who you are. So it's always fun to listen to that. We'll see what he has to say. Also, Owen Hart, former WWE star, passed away, of course, in, a ring, in the ring in a tragic accident, falling. But AEW got... The rights, I guess, through his, his wife to have an Owen Hart Memorial Cup tournament. So AEW's next pay-per-view coming up in a couple months that winter is coming. They're going to announce more on that. So there'll be an Owen Hart tournament. AEW because it has all the rights to it because the wife, his wife, signed it all over. So that should be fun. And what's going to be great about this is with ROH closing their doors, the WWE just let a bunch of guys go. This might be in 90 days after these guys can come wrestle now that WWE is let go. So that's probably their timing on it. 
watch the dates they announce that winter is coming. I'm sure stuff will leak up between now and then too, the dates and that, which will allow a lot of ex-WWE guys who just got released that will be able to participate in that. So that should be fun. Also, uh, a couple tweets came out. Chris Hardy put out, I can guarantee that if Braun Strowman, that's Adam Shearer, Wyndham Six, which is Bray Wyatt, and Killer Cross, Karen Cross from WWE, if they teamed up to make their own company, a lot of wrestlers would go there. Adam Shearer replied back, watch us work. Is there a rumor of these three guys starting their own company? They saw how AEW is going so well, could they? ROH has locked the doors, so there is room for another small independent out there. I don't think these guys could find a Tony Khan billionaire to finance them. But I think these three guys could start a nice small independent like ROH, and that would be good. Um, They'd be good to help train guys. So we'll see what happens. I think if they do start one, I'm okay with that. But I don't see it being competition for AEW. It'd be an uh, ROH replacement. And that's not a, a rip on them. That's just kind of the way life is. The Women's Basketball Association, WNBA, is starting their 25th year with their nice new logo there. They also said it's coming up in next year, they're going to change their playoff format, where it's going to be a best of three, best of five, best of five coming up. Kind of eight seeds, everybody kind of is thrown together. We'll go from there. So they released on the 18th, the WNBA Board of Governors approved changes to the league's playoff format and postseason seedings. Postseason seedings. Effective in 2022 season. The WNBA announced today the reconfiguration postseason structure will include three rounds of single play using a 3-5-5 format. Because before that, they have single elimination in the first round, so that's why they're changing. Beginning with its 26th season, the eight teams with the highest winning percentages over the 36-game schedule, regardless of conference, will qualify for the playoffs and be seeded based on their record. All eight playoff teams will participate in first-round bracket-style play consisting of four best-of-three series. So they're going to have their two conferences still. So I'm guessing if you can win your division or be second in a conference and the other conference is that strong. You might not make it. It's going to be doggy dog. This will be really fun to watch now. Uh, in one bracket, first round play will be the first or the number one seed facing an eight seed, four versus five, best of three series. Winners advancing on. We're familiar with that format. The winners of the semifinals will meet in the NBA Finals, which will also be a best of five series to determine the NBA champion. So basic styles like we've all seen before, one against eight. Four against five as we go on. So next year will be fun for the WNBA. New album release is coming up for records. There's this one I got here for you. And no, I can't play any soundtrack off it or sample of it because, well, it's Kid Rock. and Not even a little bit? No. not the, 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 I got to the first word. I would have to stop. Ah. Um, but it's Kid Rock, so who's surprised? It is a good song. Kid Rock to me is a lot like a lot of Prince music. The music in the back, I really enjoy. The lyrics, eh, eh, you know. Uh, this guy, Monster Truck on there, who's doing the guitar and the other singing. Very impressed with him. I'm going to do some more research on him. 
I like me my monster truck guy. He's pretty cool. But and I like Kid Rock. Don't get me wrong. You got to be in the mood for Kid Rock, but you know what you're getting too. And uh, funny, he gets political on it too. I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> Kid Rock gets a little political on there. Drops a lot of f bombs. So we know that concerts coming up locally here. Lakefront Music Festival, Prior Lake, put their concerts out. Friday, July 8th, headliner Sammy Hagar and, and the Circle. And July 9th, headliner Toby Keith. Just close circuit the family out there. We have plans that weekend already, so no, you're not going. Just saying. <laughs> December 5th, Bill Edel and Steve Stevens are doing an unplugged one down at Palace Theater. In St. Paul. Um, I looked it up. It's got to be 18 over, 18 over, and check with Palace Theaters about uh, COVID restrictions if you've been jabbed or not, or a mask, or if your mom's a Democrat, you can get in for free, maybe. I don't know, but check on their pal- policies down there. Hairball, their anniversary show, the 27th at the Myth. So they're going there. Doors open at seven. Hairball is a good show. Got to check them out. Porkchop and Blue Felix will be there. Thanksgiving even Excelsior down to Bowling Run. The, the Tree Frogs, our friends, the Tree Frogs will be there, 8.30 to 10.30 for a couple hours. And also December 3rd, the, back at Floyd's will be the Tree Frogs. Um, don't know if they'll be playing outside like the picture shows there on December 3rd, but from 8 to 11 on a Friday night. I'm going to mark that down. That could be... Uh... That could be a fun little event there. Yes, we could have a, a an event. Um, the the fans can meet us down there for a little meet and greet and signing from seven to eight if we want. Yes, I've We're never both. seen the tree frogs, but I'd like to, and I'm, I've been wanting to see them. And Floyd's yeah. a great venue, regardless. So uh, yeah, it is a good place to go. Nice place to go. Very nice. Um, and I believe that's all I got. This here. Whoops. That all right, we do have a couple of minutes where we have a special guest, and do we want to do a pause here and try it, or do I need to keep babbling about something when you give him a call off air? I'll give him a call uh, here in a couple minutes. I do want to bring up uh, something I want to talk about here, sports related yep. as well, and that should fill up the last couple of minutes. We'll get uh, Chris here on the yep. line. Let's see, I gotta find, I did a screenshot here. Here we go. I'll do my, let's see here. Little in-show production meeting. I'm going to text Chris now and tell him to call you when he's ready. Oh. All right. Very good. I like it. I like it. And then we'll just keep rolling on here. Yeah, we'll just keep going. Go ahead and do that. I am going to do a little share screen. Like I said earlier in the the winter season, I'm going to be focusing a lot on basketball, women's basketball. And here's what we've got so far. As of right now, the three teams slash players I'm going to be following here this winter. Three schools, UConn, Iowa, and Lehigh. And uh, the specific players in particular, uh, UConn's Paige Becker is a sophomore. She's so far 63 points. The team is 3-0 and ranked second in the nation. And they will play Monday, 11 a.m. Central time. That's tomorrow in the Battle for Atlantis Championship. And so that's going to be always fun to watch. Iowa... We're going to be looking at Watertown native Monica Sinano. Uh, Sinano. 
senior. Uh, 66 points. They're 4-0. Now, they're currently ranked 8th in the nation, but due to COVID problems, they had to pull out of today's game versus Drake. And this week's two games, Thanksgiving week in the Cancun Challenge, they have pulled out altogether uh, due to COVID problems. yeah, issues there, so they're not. Gonna, they're going to be off uh, schedule here for a couple. But uh, Monica in her senior season, uh, that's going to be a good team to watch. Also Lehigh in the Patriot League, uh, Chaska native Kaylee Van Epps is a freshman there. Currently has played in I think three or four games. She has seven points. Um, she comes in off the bench. Their team record is four and one. They're not ranked, but other than a loss to Seton Hall this week, they would be undefeated. But Seton Hall in the Big East. Tough matchup. They're always tough, but those are the three squads I'm going to be following here this year with the ladies. Um, fun stuff to watch. Uh, I'll be providing updates on that as well. Now, check this out. Minnesota Twins are in uh, discussions a lot on Twitter and whatnot in the news as far as what's going to happen with Mr. Byron Buxton. A lot of Twins fans complaining they're no longer going to be Twins fans if the Twins give up on Buxton, if they deal him. Well, let's just just keep all of our heads together here. Look at the current players. And now these are outfielders only that the Twins have. We've got Buxton. Look at all the guys in the 40-man roster that are outfielders. Yes? Is he going to... He'll be calling here. Uh, and yeah, I just want to give you a call when ready. So, all right. So I'll just keep plugging away here until he gives yep. me a show. So we got, you know, we got all these guys. So what I'm going to do here today is is focus for the fans out there to say we can take a deep breath. The Twins are so deep in outfielders, it would not be the end of the world uh, to let Buxton go and get some starting pitching here in in exchange. Okay, here it is. Chris is calling here now. Uh, let me answer the call here. On the Sports and Songs Hotline. Hello, this is Dan. Hello. Dan? Yes, Chris, how are you? This is Chris. Hey, Chris, uh, Andy, I'll have you uh, introduce uh, Chris yeah. here. We're on, uh, we're on the line here right now. He's calling in right now. I'll just uh, pause here what I'm doing, but All go right. ahead, Andy. Yeah, Chris, thanks for calling in. Chris Gustin, Activities Director at Mayor Lutheran. Andy, uh, speak up a little bit more. A little all right, yeah, Chris Gustin, Activities Director at Mayor Lutheran. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Great. Hey, first of all, congratulations to the girls on the volleyball state champions. Yeah, yeah, super, super exciting to add another state championship to the school's history. Now, can you back up something for me? I said on the show last week after they won, I said I don't think they're happy. They want to play YZ, I think, to find out who the true best team is. Would that be... I'm having a really tough time hearing him, so I, yeah. I wasn't sure, quite sure what he said. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to hear. I'll repeat it here for Andy. Uh, Andy said that, you know, with Mayor Lutheran winning for the girls' volleyball uh, with the smaller schools and why is that at a big school, wouldn't it be fun to have these two face off against each other for a true champion? What do you think about that, Chris? Well, I, I think we would, uh, we would love that opportunity. You know, we, we, we felt like uh, this year we were we were pretty competitive. You know, we we only had two losses over the entire season: one to Southwest Christian, who was ranked in two A, and the other one to Chaska in their tournament. Um, and you know, beat some beat some four A schools. Uh, we got we got some some great volleyball players, and and yeah, that would, that sure would be exciting. I know for football, um, there was an issue getting refs during the season. 
because of COVID situations. Is there going to be an issue with basketball this year? Do you know? Uh, just, just to clarify, you know, we had some issues with refs, uh, Chris, in the football uh, season. Is there going to be anything with basketball coming up here in the winter season as far as the shortages? Sometimes these rescheduling, these midweek games, they move them to different dates due to uh, the availability yeah. of the refs. Do you see anything of, anything of that coming down the pipeline here? You know, at, at this point, um, I have heard that basketball is a little bit better than football. Um, what I have heard is that the real issue is probably going to be baseball. I think in basketball, I think we're going to run into some issues when you have um, snow and, and, and reschedule dates. You know, obviously, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays are big dates for, for basketball games um, around the state. And I think when we, we have some, some snow out and, and have to postpone some games, I think we may run into some issues there. Um, but from what I've heard from the officials that I've talked to, we're in a little bit better shape there. But uh, in the spring, uh, we, we could have some trouble, and there's been talk of, about possibly moving games to, to double headers and, and, and maybe that's even something we're going to have to do moving forward. Okay. Okay. Uh, the girls team looks pretty strong again this year and boys for you guys. Yeah. You know, uh, we got a real strong, obviously a real strong group of, of seniors, um, both boys and girls. Um, our girls team made it to state last year and we graduated one girl. So, so we feel we're in a, a pretty good position. Uh, we did move sections. Um, our section's a little bit more difficult. So if we want to go to state, we're going to have to play this team and, and, and beat the team that beat us at state last year because we're in Sleepy Eye St. Mary's section. Uh, and our boys, you know, we, we have 16 senior boys on the football team. A lot of them play basketball and and uh, there, there's a lot of talent there, uh, a lot of athleticism, a lot of speed, uh, and, and they're going to be they're going to be good as well. All right, I got one last question before I let you go, KG. Um, just for a little little insider note, I've known KG for a uh, number of years. So I just got one question: If the girls make state for basketball, is there any chance we're going to see you doing the Mike Mil- or the Mark Miller dance at midcourt? <laughs> You know, I, I tell you what, if we win a state championship, uh, I might have to dance like Coach Grimsley. I don't I, I, I probably <laughs> didn't see it, but our student section charge started cheering for her, and she did some little jig. Uh, I suppose I'll have to do that, too. Yeah, that's right. Anything for momentum, my friend? Yeah, I got one last question here, uh, KG. Sure. We watched that game. Speaking of speed, you know, you talked about basketball. I went to that football game yesterday in U.S. Bank Stadium. Boy, that Mayor Lutheran team fast. Uh, very, very efficient, quick, and flies all over the field, both on offense and defense. Very fun to watch that group. I haven't seen uh, them play at all yet this year. And now they'll face off against Minnesota on, uh, in the Prep Bowl Championship. That should be fun to watch. But, boy, there is some talent on that group. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously we're excited. It's kind of like uh, deja vu, right? Two weeks later, we're, we're playing Minnesota for a state championship again. So, you know, we're excited about that. I'm, I'm sure Minnesota is going to be uh, uh, looking for revenge from that volleyball tilt. Um, but, yeah, our football team, you know, again, we've got 16 senior boys. Um, we've got athleticism all over the field. We've got two really good running backs. Um, we've got a kid that, that throws the ball just, as, we believe, as, as good as anybody in the state. Um, we got two quick receivers. Uh, we got a big tight end who's going Division One. Um, there's probably six or seven kids that I think are going to play football in college, um, and you can see it. I mean, they they hit hard. They're big. They're strong. They're quick. Uh, they pursue well, um, and and they're definitely going to be tough to beat. 
Yeah, it's going to be a good good matchup. Minnesota is always tough, but boy, uh, uh, it will be fun to watch that matchup uh, here at the Prep Bowl. Minnesota, you know, they're they're pretty good size and they're pretty physical as well. You know, I, it will be tough. I, I think it'll probably be the, the toughest game we've had all year. But uh, but our, our our boys are ready. This is what they've set their sights on. We were undefeated last year when uh, we went into the playoffs and uh, you know had the shutdown and, and weren't able to continue that season. And since that happened, uh, this is what they've been talking about. They want to be in this game, and here they are. So, well, best of luck. And uh, anything else, Andy? No, that's it. Good luck, Chris. We'll talk to you later, my friend. Thank you. All right, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, athletic director there. Uh, uh, man Lutheran Athletic Director, and boy, what a proud group he's got with all the different sports there at Mayor Lutheran and the success that they have. Here. Yeah, they're always in the competition. They're always named for football, boys and girls basketball, volleyball, for competition for, like, hey, they're going to be either at state or you're – I don't think I go through them, but they're going to be competitive for it. You know, um, 16 senior boys, so – they could have maybe been back-to-back if they didn't have the COVID last year because they were a strong, undefeated team last year. Um, girls had a taste of state last year, so they want to go back. They only lost one senior. Um, so it should be exciting to watch them. Yeah, that will be uh, that will be fun. Um, and that's something I remember with baseball. I didn't, I didn't even think I'd ask about baseball uh, officials. High school doubleheaders. If, the high school only plays seven innings, I believe, anyway, don't they? Yes. So I wonder if they'll cut those on like five-inning games for doubleheaders or something. I don't know. We'll see what they come up with. We'll keep an eye on that. I would imagine they go down to six for sure, but they may go down yeah. to five to get those in. But, uh, boy, that's a shame uh, if they come into the baseball season with uh, a shortage of, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, umps for that. And you know, But it is what it is. You got to get them to do, but at least they're planning for it coming coming up this far in advance at least. Or maybe scheduling, you just go straight right in the conference play and that's it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, interesting. Yeah, but – Back to what you were saying about the Twins outfielders. Or yes, yes. I'll bring it up here again. I'll just go through quickly and spend a couple minutes on it. Yeah. Uh, for the Twins outfields, here's how deep the Twins outfielders are right now. Under current players you see listed at the top, there's eight. Eight outfielders we've got on the 40-man roster right now. I'm including Rob Ruffsnyder down there as number yeah. nine, who will probably yeah. start in AAA. And yes. he's a good player, too. Well, he's he showed us he could be a starting center fielder in the big leagues and do just fine both offensively and defensively. So if we've got nine, uh, for those not familiar with baseball, only three can play the outfield at a time. So we're three deep, really, essentially, on every position. So something's got to give. And I've got some of those listed there on the right-hand side who will probably be starting in AAA next year because uh, you really want to go into the major league season with four outfielders three starters and a, and a fourth Jake cave is typically your fourth outfielder. If Buxton's a center fielder, um, Kepler isn't starting in right Kirilov starting in left. They're also using him at first base, but I think, you know, looking at his uh, position there for the twins right now, he's listed only as an outfielder right now. So I think they're, they're pushing him to the outfield and you get Kepler in right Kirilov in left. Uh, Jake cave will be the fourth outfielder, I believe, but Kyle garlic, who did really well last year, too, as a power-hitting home run, could also make the spot for the fourth outfielder. Now, we can't forget Mr. Gilberto Celestino. Yeah, got him in the trade for Ryan Presley, and he's been not talked about that much at all. And he's another guy that's going to be coming up uh, probably in AAA this year or making the big leagues this year. So we got to find room for all these guys. 
And we also list, I'm listing the, the infielders down there that also double as outfielders. You know, Luis Arise, uh, Astadio, the Turtle, you know, Nick the Gordon. Turtle. Also, these guys have all played outfield at the major league level. More as a plug and play, not every day, but they can, they can yeah. get the job done. So really, you can go in with three, four outfielders, and then these guys can fill in as needed. But like I said, we've got nine we're dealing with that are up there. Now, the pipeline is where things are really interesting at. We got guys... I listed them here in alphabetical order, uh, but Contreras is good. Kerrigan was in double-A last year. Uh, Austin Martin, we got to remember, the first-round pick by the Blue Jays, the fifth overall pick, we got him in the Barrios trade. He's a shortstop by trade. They've been splitting him uh, last year and playing him in the outfield for the Twins in double-A in Wichita for the win search. But if you look today, even as of today, on that roster, he's listed – as only a center fielder. Oh, wow. Only center fielder. So they're using him only as a center fielder, and the talent that he's got, he could be coming up right away. So when people talk about Buxton leaving, uh, there are certain reasons that I, I do believe the Twins will deal him uh, because of this depth and because of they got Martin, they're using him in center field. We've got Celestino, center field. Buxton leaving and going away is really going to open up the rest of the roster for these outfielders. Right. If they keep them, that's certainly fine, but we got to then do something else with everybody else. We can't be. We, we don't have our DH anymore. We traded him to Tampa. So do you move Sano to DH and maybe put Jake Cave at first or make Buxton your DH so he's not crashing into the walls getting hurt all the time? Well, there's there's talk too with moving Donaldson uh, to DH and then bringing up the, the, uh, the player of the year oh. in the Twins minor leaguer was a third baseman. And so they're going to bring up it's Jose Miranda. Mm-hmm. So. We're going to have a lot of shuffling, I think, going on. But going down the rest of the pipeline here is Rodriguez, a young guy, uh, uh, another Rosario coming up. Uh, he'll be down in the single or double-A. Uh, Solari, Urbina, and Walder. Matt Walder is going to be in double-A this year. He's a power-hitting right fielder. And so they've got high he's, – he's listed as a top as a, in the top 30 prospects. So they're going to be moving him along. Look for two years from now. He'll be in the big league. So – Something's going to have to give here, and I think the reason that they move Martin strictly to the outfield, in particular center field, is I do think that they have their eyes on dealing Buxton and getting some big starting pitching in return is what I can only guess. And for the, for the fans out there, for the Twins territory fans, that is not, I repeat, not a bad thing. Right. Uh, if you can get someone huge, my only point is that Buxton, this, his stock is highest right now. His stock will never be higher than it is right now, I believe. So if you're going to deal him, this is the time to do it because you can get really something in return, and you're not going to lose anything in the defense uh, or offensively in your outfield uh, by dealing him with these guys that can hit the ball up there already. Now, what we did do in the past, if you look at the way bottom, we got rid of Travis Blankenhorn, released him. Keon Broxton were released. He played at the Saints last year, AAA. Eddie Rosario, we didn't re-sign. He obviously went to the Braves. And Lamont Wade Jr. traded away to the Giants. So we had guys coming up, and we were already getting too full in the outfield bucket that we started releasing and, and trading away these guys because we have too many outfielders the way it is. So now you look at this, and we've got nine uh, plus eight here, 17 true outfielders in the list uh, to, to play right. for the Twins. So we we are stacked. Now, not these are not all top-quality uh, players, but they're high-end uh, high average. We'll call it high average. Uh, the guys can fit in, plug and play. They're very good. I think Trevor Larnick will start in AAA. But you get a guy like a Brent Rooker, 
these guys are 26, 27, 28 years old. You got to do something uh, with them. Kyle Garlick's 30 or 31, I believe. So I don't think you're going to get much in return as far as a trade from either of these guys. So I would say if you hang on to them, let them play. They're, they're, they're good athletes. You could get something big in return for Bucks and not, not have to worry about his injuries. But that's all I've got for that. Yeah, I, I don't know if Bucks, you know, you got to have the right mindset to be a DH. You know, if Donaldson could do that or if he wants to move the first, put Sonoa DH, whatever. Because like you're saying, if they all move the Donaldson to DH, Miguel's – I'm not a Miguel fan. Miguel's to no fan, but I'd rather see him to the agent and Donaldson at first learning the position because Sano's still learning it. Sure. Or those two platoons between the agent first, just so they're still loose because we don't know. Collective bargaining agreement is that part of the deal where there's going to be DH only. So these National League games, we still need just DH. So it will be interesting, but you know, Nelson Cruz, they may still bring him back. Yep. But if Nationally goes to DH, these guys are going to be looking for other hitters. Oh, yes, yes. If that's so the that's case. So that's what I'm saying, like a Bucks or somewhere other outfielders might be a little more. Uh, I did people. see somewhere that uh, Brent Rooker could be, a, you know, a candidate for a power hitting guy that is maybe not that good defensively. Yep. Uh, but if Nationally goes to DH and all those jobs now open up, yep. maybe that's what the Twins are thinking, too, with, with stockpiling all these outfielders. Yeah, that'd be a nice fourth outfielder for some of those National League teams, your DH. Yes, yes. It's a good, it's interesting. So I think it'll be interesting to watch it play out. But I think it was three times this week I checked Twitter, and Buxton was trending on top ten on Twitter, and Minnesota Twins. And I think you start reading some of the comments and some of the tweets, and, and people are having a heart attack that the Twins may deal Buxton. And if so, they're going to leave and not become Twins fans ever again. Uh, I think that's going a little too far. But yeah, he's no fans. Are fans. They can do her back on the go. They can do as they wish, but uh, yeah. I have faith uh, if they do get rid of them, they can get something huge in return. Big I don't want. I don't want to see him go, but I understand it if he goes. Yeah, that's all um, I've got for uh, for uh, for sports today. Anything trivia, else before we move into the trivia? So the trivia question is: High school. Why Zeta Sports in high school reached a milestone when they won uh, girls volleyball state title? How many state titles do they have overall in the history of their schools in all sports combined? Swimming, diving, skiing. Well, I'm gonna say it's gotta be a significant number. It's not gonna be something silly like 48. I mean it's gonna be like a I'm gonna say 75. Higher than that. So it have to be okay, keep it even hundred? One hundred is the answer. One hundred titles wow. that I has. So if you think of the high school gym when schools put up banners for each of their titles of the state championships, it would be 100 just for the state titles alone, not to mention the section championships, and the yeah. conference championships, just the state titles. And uh, wow. I, I, I heard that and I was, uh, I was bewildered by how big that number is. But then when I did the math, it's not all that surprising, but it is quite a feat uh, nonetheless to get a hundred overall. That's incredible. That's incredible. So that's the trivia question. That's the trivia answer for this week. You've covered the music. You've covered the concerts. Yes. What's what's left then? Album of the week, sir. Yes. Album of the week. Here we go. The album of the week for this week is Rat, the EP, the Rat EP from 1983. Here it is. Here. Album cover, one of the best. I'm a big Rat fan when it comes to. Album covers, Rat has some of the best ones here. It's a lady's woman's legs with, with mice crawling on the fishnet stocking. And, of course, 
the model there is Tawny Katane. <laughs> it, of course, it's Tawny Katane. So here it is, Rat. The EP they released was their first official record by American glam metal band Rat and originally released on the band's Time Coast label with the help of band's manager Marshall Burl. Now, the legs in the front cover belong to Tawny Katane, the then-girlfriend of guitarist Robin Crosby. She later posed in the cover of the 1984 album Out of the Cellar. Now, we're all big Tawny Katane fans, of course, so that's yeah. why uh, they, they used uh, her, Robin Crosby, the late Robin Crosby. You know, he did, he did die, but he was dating her at the time. And the late Tawny Katane. And the, yes, that's right. Last, I had forgotten. Year, yeah. So Rat, Rat, this was their first uh, EP. It wasn't even an official album, but it was an EP, just seven songs. Here's the uh, personnel, Stephen Piercy, Percy, lead vocals, Robin Crosby on guitars, uh, Warren Demartini on also guitars. And I didn't know that Demartini was asked to join the band when he was only 18 years old in San Diego. Yep. He was attending college in San Diego. They said, you should join the band. And he said, I, I'd have to quit. I'd have to drop out of school, but I don't know. Rat, we haven't become even popular yet. Uh, but, but he did it. He was attending college uh, and uh, joined the band to be the uh, second guitarist there. Juan Crucier, is that how you pronounce it? Yep. On bass and Bobby Blotzer on the drums. So this is Rat's very first initial, and this is a good album. This is not a preliminary kind of a introductory elementary album. All these songs are good. Side one, uh, actually, there's only is one side. Sweet Cheater, uh, you think you're tough. You got it. Is song three and four. Song four, you're in trouble. Now the first four songs on this EP, very prominent. Robin Crosby guitar work he does he does what uh, some reviews have called blues he played blues with a twist and if you listen to the solos on those first four songs of the album very prominent robin crosby uh the last three songs are tell the world and back for more uh back for more was released on out of the cellar a different version of that so if you get out of the cellar the different version but back for more is on with the original version on this ep finally it rounds out the album with Walking the Dog. Um, that's a Rufus Thomas 1963 cover song from Rufus Thomas. Uh, and that was, you know, this was released in 1983. That was a 20-year-old song at the time. But they covered that. Rufus Thomas's song has been covered uh, 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 many, many times. Uh, they've, uh, that song has been covered a, a lot. Okay, let me, um, okay, screen sharing is done. The total length is 22 min minutes for this EP. It's seven songs. It's quick. It's easy listening. It's some good stuff. It's considered heavy metal and glam metal. But uh, that was it. They only released one single. You Think You're Tough is the single. And on the B side was Walking the Dog. Uh, personally, uh, Sweet Cheer, I think, was probably the best song. My favorite, of course. But that's the album review for the week. 1983, Rat, the Rat EP with Tawny Contains Legs Again. If you do your rat history before this, they were known as Mickey Rat. Yes, you know what? I read that. Uh, yep. they want they want to be known as Mickey Rat as opposed to Mickey Mouse, of course. But right. the production, the management says you gotta shorten up that title, just go with rat. But they wanted to be called Mickey Rat. Yeah. All through their time through all the LA scene and everything else, or Mickey Rat all the time. Yeah. Uh, you listen to the interview with Stephen Pierce, he talks about 
back in the Mickey days or Mickey Rat days. So uh, well, history there for you. It's, it's, it's good stuff. You've heard an easy listening EP. You know, I can't get a hold of it. I couldn't, I tried to buy this, uh, this rat EP. They don't even have it as a CD. You can't get a hold of it. And the only times you can buy the, uh, you can buy it on vinyl and on cassette on eBay or on, let's see, I think even on Amazon, but I couldn't find a way to get an original uh, CD at all on this. I'm supposed most of your streaming outlets would have it also. Yes. The streaming outlets, uh, would have it. Now, I looked at the cassette. Now, I didn't really contemplate buying the cassette, but it's short enough that the cassette, the entire EP is on both sides. Side yeah. A, all seven songs. Side B, all seven songs. Yeah. It's good stuff. I liked it. I'm a, I'm a rap fan, of course. Yeah. Episode uh, two in our third season as we kick off here uh, on the KG episode. Yes. Anything else? No, uh, next week being Thanksgiving, we'll probably just go over uh, high school football championships, see how the the Bison and the set up for their playoffs, how the Beavs are doing their playoffs, and what bowl game the Gophers will be in. But uh, with the holiday weekend, we'll probably keep it pretty much amateur, amateur based. Well, something major happens with the pro sports, we'll keep it pretty amateur based. There'll be a lot of amateur news. Yes, we will. That sounds good. We'll see you next week, but that's all I've got here for this episode tonight. Thanks, everybody. See ya. See ya.